Hello everyone, welcome to Richfield Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Dr. D. Santis, and we've got a great show for you today. If you have a student at Richfield High School, you might have noticed that this year things are a little different for our students and the school schedule. A lot of big changes happening at the high school, and we are really excited to have two guests on the show today to talk about all the big changes happening at the high school schedule. We have the assistant principal, Mike Yeget. Uh, so glad to have you on the show today. Thanks, Dr. D. Happy to be here. And uh, the, uh, well, first, if you're a teacher, you are the coordinator for the Student Life also, Office, also known as SLO, and you are a member of the scheduling committee, Eileen Stewart. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. So we got quite the brain trust here today, and uh, we'll just kind of jump right into it. Uh, for those who might not have students in the high school or maybe students about to be in the high school or a few years away, what makes this year different in terms of the high school schedule compared to previous years? Sure. So, um, you know, we, we shifted to a new what's called the block schedule during COVID um, for health and safety reasons. Uh, to make the make the schedule a little bit easier for students and teachers. Um, prior to to that, um, we we had a, a pretty complex schedule here at Richfield High School. We had yeah. what was called an eight day rotating drop one schedule. <laughs> so just in the name, right? It was, yes, it, it's complex. Um, <clears throat> it was probably similar to what most of us experienced in our own in our own high schools, where you met with seven classes a day. You had six rotate or six different transitions, so shifting from an art class to science to math to English, mm -hmm. um, all throughout the day in one single day. The classes would have met for you know forty five minutes or so, um, and so it was a real sort of uh, fast paced day, uh, uh, lots of different movements, having to engage in lots of different learning, and the potential for lots of homework and lots of classes every single day. Um, so again, because of because of COVID, we looked to shift to a new schedule. We moved to this block schedule where students meet four classes for a longer period of time per day. So they meet four classes for 80 minutes. Um, and, um, you know, coming out of COVID, we recognized that there were some real benefits to, to this new model. And so we decided to take what we had learned and tweak it and, and, and make some, uh, some changes into the schedule that we have, have today. And just so people can mentally visualize it, because it's only four classes a day, that means four other classes aren't meeting that day, which might give more time for students to do homework. We'll say like A, B, right? Uh, these classes are on A, B, and then when you go back to the A day, so it's every other day you see that class. Right. Yeah. All right, great. Just you know, making sure because you know people are coming from different schools with different schedules if they're coming into the district or moving on up to the high school. Uh, so yeah, that seems like a uh, a reasonable change. So how did just block scheduling go? I know it was the pandemic years and, uh, but how, how did teachers, students, and parents react to it? I think overall, um, we had a really positive reaction. I think the idea of having an every other day, um, system was very helpful for students instead of eight different days, they had two different days. Um, so in terms of transitions, in terms of just routines, people could um, really get into their 
daily routine here at Richfield High School a little bit easier. The eight day was challenging for teachers and students alike because every day felt very different because we have one class in the morning and then a different class the next day, a different class the next day, and a different class the next day. Whereas this as well allows students to space out their homework a little bit more. So if you are a teacher and you assign something, it's due two days from now. So that allows for students, especially, you know, if we have jobs after school, if students have games, you know, they can work on those time management skills a little bit more because they have two days to do that assignment rather than the one that they had in previous years with the eight different day um, rotating schedule. So I think overall there was a positive um, response, but I think the beginnings of changing our schedule during COVID made us think like, okay, that was good, but let's see if we can make it even better. And that's why I think the scheduling committee continued to to look at what other schools are doing. And we continued to get feedback from students, families, teachers, staff, yeah. the like, just to say, okay, some of these things seem to be working, but what could also work better? Oh, that's great. Yeah. And from my experience talking with teachers and students, it, it definitely seems that the longer form classes are working better. People were able to get into the content better. I know in other more lab-based classes, I was once a physics teacher. It's just great because then it's like, hey, we can work on something for a little while, go do a quick little like 30 minute lab, then come back and debrief from it. So it's really, really cool. Uh, but like, you know, it's a it's a block schedule. It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. And I think it's cool that we've adopted one, but what was, we were looking for something more at the high school level and kind of what came out of those discussions and how did we move forward with the current schedule we have this year? I think the biggest change this year is we looked at the lunches and we also looked at how we could incorporate a flex period. Um, The committee talked about having it at different times during the day. We really looked at like where would a small chunk of time best benefit students? Where could they use that time um, to work with teachers, to work with, to work in small groups? Um, Just what would benefit them best and at what point in the day? came about with our flex uh, program here at Ridgefield. And we really are just trying to um, make it work for everyone. Like I see that students are getting extra help from teachers. They're able to, if they miss classes, they can get ahead or, you know, whatever it may be. But that time where students can really take ownership also, I think, allows them to set their day, their week, and just kind of, you know, their system up in a better way. Yeah, so just to elaborate on that a little bit more about the, the flex period itself. So, um, you know, the the flex the idea of a flex period built into a block schedule or into a schedule period is not something that's unique to Ridgefield. Uh, this was a, a building trend in, in schools across the country. Um, you know, part, part of the work that the committee did was to, to reach out to those schools. We went on site visits to talk yeah. about um, what the experience was like for the schedule as a whole, but also looking at those flex models. And so we really came across uh, two different versions. And so schools either have a flex period at the end of the school day. And most often those were schools that have adopted a late school start time. Okay. And and the idea behind it was um, even though the school has a late school start time, athletics events are still scheduled at whatever time they are in the afternoon. And so athletes would often be missing chunks of academic or larger chunks of academic time to get to their athletic events. And so 
they place this flex time at the end of the day so that um, when there is an early dismissal for athletics or, or other events, um, it's not it's not cutting into that academic seat time. The other but, model that you, but and it's just in Ridgefield, it's not even it's beyond just athletics. We have a large robotics team. We yep. have uh, people doing certain charity works after school. We have, a, you know, the theater arts program, music. So it, I could see how an afternoon flex period could really cut into yep. really important academic time because we have students that do so many great extracurricular activities. Right, right. Yeah. And, the, and the, the other model was looking, um, you know, is placing it in the middle of the day, in, in the middle of the school day. And so there's there's value in, in that, that, uh, you know, all the students are already here. Um, you know, they're in the building. Um, but what we what we what we heard over and over again is that um, students were, uh, you know, felt felt that it was sort of a forced study hall. It, they yeah. weren't accessing it as an intervention that they that they could take ownership of um and so um we we decided to look at what if we do this first thing in the morning um and the, some of the goals there are really around building student agency yeah building student responsibility um allowing students the choice of which uh intervention or which teacher they want to meet with or which activity they want to join mm -hmm. and so by placing it in the morning um, again, so our flex time starts at 725, which used to be the start of our school day. Yeah. And it runs to 750. So it's a 25 minute flex session that's in the contract a day for our teachers. Um, every single staff member in this building, um, you know, creates a creates a flex session. So it could be our school counselors, it could be our um our library media yeah. media staff, it could be uh, you know, and it is our, our classroom teachers. Um well, that's a lot. I mean, it's a big school. We have like, you know, a lot of kids there. How, how do you manage something like that? It seems like if you have so many students and so many different sessions, how does how do you keep like, let's say, a student from just like kind of falling through the cracks? Yeah. And so so luckily we have there's um, there's a, a feature within the student information system we use. We use power schools, our yeah. students and parents know. Um, and so there's a feature in there called adaptive scheduler that we that we're utilizing that allows for this flexible scheduling to occur. So um, our students meet weekly in advisory on the first day of the week. So whether that's, you know, Monday most often, but if it's a long yeah. weekend, it'll be a Tuesday that they meet in advisory. And part of the goals of those advisory meetings is that the, the advisory teacher is working with their students to help them schedule out the flex periods for, for the rest of the week. Okay. And so um, teachers create sessions, for a couple weeks out, students can see them and it's literally just a couple clicks of a button and they can sign up for the session that they want to attend. And then we've also created lots of reports um, for our, our teachers and for our administration to, to take a look at where are students going, which sessions are they signing up for, uh, you know, our teachers signing students up and recommending that they come to certain sessions and what attendance is like. And so we monitor it just like we monitor any of the other uh, attendance for our, our students during the day. Now, is this considered an actual class time. As I know, we've all been high school students once, especially when you get your license and you want to drive. What about the students who are saying, I'm just going to show up at 11 or uh, 7.50? Mm -hmm. um, is that counted as, it's still counted as part of the school day for them, correct? So it, it's, it is part of the school day, um, but there is a, there, as the name in, implies, there's a little bit of flexibility there, right? Yep. So the expectation is that our students are here at 725 and that they are signing up for sessions, period, right? That's the period. expectation. Yeah. Now, if there is a student that is in good standing academically, has good grades all across the board, 
they have not been absent recently. So they don't, they don't, they haven't missed any, um, any class time and they don't need to make up any work. If they're already engaged in clubs and activities, which also occur, occur during flex, yeah. um, you know, if they're, um, you know, they're not working on an extra project. If, if, if all of that is satisfied and they are in, in really good standing and they feel like it would benefit them the most to be able to, um, come in at you know, 750, come in yeah. at 750, that, that is, that is okay occasionally. But if yeah. we see trends where students are not accessing their interventions, then we, you know, we would have a conversation with that student. We would, um, you know, have a conversation with the parents. We would, we would help coach the student and, and help them to recognize the value of, of flex. We definitely, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's not something that we want to, um, we never, we, we don't want to turn this into a, a gotcha model. We yes. want, we want this to feel like it's um, it, it's a value added for students and that they recognize that. Again, building student agency. Now, you said something interesting. Uh, maybe you can expand upon it. Now, originally, when you were talking about the flex period, it sounded like it was mostly for academic help or for extra project base. But you said clubs can also meet during flex time. Uh, what, what, what are the kinds of offerings that a student can see during these, these flex times? So I, I would... Um specify that we have we have teachers who offer um, experiential learning which um, they choose a topic a subject we have teachers who have you know we have I know a special ed teacher who has background in guitar and was leading a session with students teaching them guitar so there is a component where teachers can get very creative in what they deliver in that in that 25 minutes for clubs I would say that a lot of the work that was do that was happening outside of the school day, outside of the meetings that occur outside of the school day um, can now be moved to flex. So for instance, within many clubs, we have leadership teams of students. So if students are elected to positions, that could be student government, that could be um, FBLA, and the advisor wants to meet with those leaders to go over the upcoming fundraiser that they've been spending multiple meetings organizing and planning, they have a little time there to work on it instead of piling on more meetings after school yeah. with students who already have a very booked schedule. So um, I would say a lot of the, you know, clubs that require a lot of outside time planning and coordination between the members, they can use that flex time. So for instance, Tiger TV does a lot of their quick like check-in planning during flex. So then when they are at the drama production when they are outside of school and they're at the sporting mm -hmm. event, um, they're doing the work, but then they can check in with one another and kind of pass off the materials to the next person during the flex. So I would say like the flex really supplements the club activities. Um, in addition to what you said, the academic co component, that could be extra help. And then on top of that, that experiential piece of, mm -hmm. you know, I want to go with um, my counselor who's leading a quick session on making a to-do list. I want to, you know, learn guitar. I want to yeah. do a number of different things. Yeah. And just to expand on those, those XPs a little bit, as we call them the experiential flex periods, um, we've had some real interesting innovations happen, which is really exciting. So I'm looking at the list now. We have over a hundred offerings in that X, XP, XP or experiential learning um, category for the flex sessions, everything from, as we've talked about, um, you know, the club, some of the clubs, but there's also like we had pancakes with principals. So 
um, yeah. <laughs> where um, you know we invited students down to the yeah. student center. It was a way for to gather feedback about how the schedule was going. Yeah. And so we offered them in the student center, offered pancakes, but we sat down with students who were able to talk with them during that time. Um, one of our teachers, one of our Spanish teachers, actually um, had some some upper level Spanish students, Spanish um, four and AP Spanish students that were in her classroom in the mornings during flex sessions, and they ended up uh, really finding some joy in helping some of the Spanish one and Spanish two students. And oh, so the, the teacher wanted to to sort of acknowledge this, and she was, she proposed um, Daniela Silvestri, who's our, our yeah. Spanish teacher, proposed creating a a peer to peer tutoring. Uh, experiential course where students who are in upper level classes could sign up to be a tutor for um, some of our, our students in the lower level That's classes. Great. Um, yeah. And so uh, that model, we, we tried it out in, in, in uh, world language first, and then we expanded the model to a few other teachers, and then we rolled it out across the school. And so it's just another way that um, students can engage in um, you know, working with a teacher, but also working with peers, uh, you know, in, in a different way. And so there's some really cool stuff that's happening during during Flex. Oh, that's really, really impressive. And uh, you just said you had that really cool pancake time with the principal. What are some of the uh, the successes and, you know, we'll call them speed bumps through this process? Uh, we started this back in, I believe, what was it, the end of September? Mm hmm. And uh, so yeah. we started the, the school year out, you know, the first few weeks, just make sure, you know, yeah. we're doing the normal scheduling good. And then we started the flex scheduler. Um, yeah. How does this work? How does that work? Yeah. So, how's it been going? Yeah. So, so the, the speaking specifically to flex and we, I think we can talk also about the schedule as a whole and some, yeah. some feedback there um, too, but speaking specifically to flex, um, there were some, some hiccups early on with, um, you know, we, we had a, a pretty decent rollout. Um, we thought, we thought with the adaptive scheduler, we actually had piloted using the adaptive scheduler. So that piece of software that students and teachers use to, to sign students up for flex periods. Um, we had piloted it last spring um, and it all seemed to work well. Um, and then scaling that up from maybe a few hundred kids to 1500 students and 200 plus teachers all accessing that at the same moment um, didn't go as planned uh, initially. Yeah, a little bit of a traffic jam on our network, but uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a tra traffic jam. Yeah. So day one, we thought it was a fluke and it was just happened to be an issue with, uh, you know, power school. And then when it happened on the second day, uh, the second time we tried it again, we realized that we were having issues. So we, we just shifted course. And again, we have really resilient students here. Um, and so we shifted the model about how they how they were to register and when they were expected to register for flex sessions. And it, it all seems to be working pretty well now. Um, so it's, it's, again, a really easy piece of software to use. Yeah. Um, but, but again, you know, purposefully, um, you know, we're as a, as a scheduling committee, yeah. we've built in, uh, these sort of feedback loops where we, we are constantly seeking feedback from our students and our staff in different ways, um, in order to, to figure out, you know, are we on the right path here? what is working, what's not, are there tweaks we can make in the moment? Are there things that we should be thinking about for, for future school years? And so I don't know if Eileen, if you want to talk a little bit about those. Yeah, I think um, maybe even it was a month ago, we put out, um, you know, we were just soliciting feedback from our students and our staff, just asking, you know, what is going on? What's working? What could we at least look at if something you feel isn't working? Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe there's a better option out there. So I think that's the biggest piece is, you know, the 
staff and students feel like they have ownership over the schedule. Like it's our day here. Like it's our school. It's our day. We have to make it work for everybody involved. Um, so I just think the idea of like going back to the scheduling committee and saying, okay, you know, what is working and what is not, um, you know, has been really helpful for everybody just to know that like there's this ownership piece over what our day looks like and we can make it work for us and our students for whatever needs. And I know in my role as SLO coordinator, even as a teacher, yeah, I've used flex in a number of different ways. Um, you know, so being able to kind of make it work for the, my needs of the day or the week in the beginning of the year, I, um, I held a like new student, uh, breakfast, you know, whereas recently, like we have student government meetings every week. Yeah. And then I'm, I plan to bring all the student leaders together. But then in between all of those kind of SLO days, I have my AP psych students coming in and we're working on preparing for the midterm. So, you know, I think especially for teachers, it's it's helpful to know that we can, you know, have that time to work with students in academic ways, but then in also many other ways that that they need, you know, the, the roles that they yeah. need from us to play. Absolutely. The uh, this sounds incredibly f flexible, right? Ha 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 ha. But uh, and I don't know if this was said earlier, and I'm just curious because I'm sure some parents who are listening to this might be thinking a similar question. What about a student who you know, is there at 725, but they don't need to go to a flex session, but they want the time to maybe treat it like a study hall. Hey, you know, I, I want to just finish reading this thing. I want to finish up a few things on my homework or maybe just quietly study somewhere for a test that I know I have later that day. Yeah. So, so we are, there's, there's lots of different sessions available for that. So there is, you know, the library is a popular setting for students to go. So that is yep. just a, a quiet study area. Um, right. Teachers also, um, there are there are teachers that offer uh, a session called office hours. So if, if you want to just be in a space with a specific teacher and maybe just ask a question here or there, that would you would attend maybe one of their office hours. Or there's also teachers that offer what are called open study sessions. And so that, you know, and they specify this, any student is welcome, just come use this space as a quiet space to study. And so I think that's a really important point you bring up because that's one of the major benefits of that flex period being first thing in the morning, Dr. D, is that, you know, a student doesn't have to walk into, you know, the, 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 the getting up early, coming here, you, yeah. know, you know, walking through the crowd of students and then they're, they're hit with a, um, you know, an AP chem test, right, 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 right as soon as. Yeah. Shot out of a cannon yeah. right into the fire. Yeah. yeah that, that students <laughs> do have, and it's, it's, it's palpable in the school, the shift that has been made by having that flex period and that sort of, slower pace in the morning where students can come in, get their, get their, uh, you, you know, selves organized, figure out what they need to do for the day, maybe go to that class that they have a test first period and ask some last minute questions, bring that anxiety level down and start the day, um, you know, prepared for success. And so that's been one of the major benefits that we've seen. Students are, you know, responding to that in our surveys about one of the major benefits staff is responding to that, that they're seeing it in their students, is that the, the anxiety and the stress levels for the day have been, been reduced because of that flex period first thing. I think we really discussed that a lot in our um, meetings as well. We talked about, you know, what skills do we want our students to walk away with? And we, we want them to plan. We want them to plan out their day. And we want them, before they jump into something, to get organized, think through something, you know, uh, prioritize 
you know, what are the three major things that I need to get done today? And I think that's a skill even that they will transfer into adulthood, but just having that time in the morning for them to say, all right, what are, what do I have to remember for today? All right. I have a yeah. test coming up. I have this thing after school, so I won't be able to, you know, write an essay. Or I have to make sure that I, you know, apply to this scholarship mm -hmm. coming up. You know, it's just a quick moment to set their day up instead of, you know, jumping from class to class to class really without kind of that, that deep breath and that pause in order to plan and then move into their day to be more successful. Oh, absolutely. And I think too, this comes off the heels of COVID where, you know, we, we have experienced learning loss. I think the entire country has, and this is a great way for us to kind of ease ourselves back into that groove. Mm -hmm. And I love the morning. I think that's a great way to do it. You come in, you kind of get your day situated you get ready for the day. You can go to a flex period either for enrichment experiential or test prep or something else along the lines of a club you like. And then kind of your day begins. It's mm -hmm. it's 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 really important. Uh, amazing work, by the way. This is this is quite the task to just kind of roll this out so well this year. Uh, what what do you think the future holds for this schedule with the flex period in it? Like, what any changes for next year? Are there lessons that you're currently learning now that you're saying, oh, we're definitely going to do that next year? I don't know if there's anything that we are definite about, but I just think that we are open to looking at other options or looking at mm -hmm. just ways to improve. I wouldn't say that we're, you know, oh, this is not working. We will definitely move to this. I don't think there's any, um, you know, resolute idea about how to yeah. make things better, but I just think that we made some small adjustments from last year. And then I think we kind of took that and understood like, okay, we can continue to make small adjustments and build, you know, the day that works for us. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I'll echo that. I mean, you know, so far the feedback has been really positive. Um, there's, you know, some little nuanced changes, like maybe looking at our advisory, you know, uh, schedule for next school year, um, but overall, there's been a really positive response from students and staff. And so we'll continue to gather that feedback as the, as the year goes on. Um, I think after three sort of years of change and, you know, having to to shift the, you know, our, our, our the way we deliver education, you know, on, on a dime, you know, because of COVID, I think some consistency is what everybody's looking for. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, like, like uh, you know, Ms. Stewart said, Maybe some minor changes here or there, but I think we're we're in a in a comfortable spot where where people are in, are liking this the current schedule, and so we're going to try to keep it as intact as possible without making major shifts for for the moment. And I think the the improvement would be just the amazing teachers getting more experience with flex time and coming up with even cooler experiences yeah. for them to. Yeah, and, and the block yeah. as a whole, right? And so that's, yeah, that's something that we've been working on as a, as a school. We've, you know, we've had some professional learning opportunities around teaching the block. And I think, uh, again, being year moving into year four of a, of a block schedule, uh, I think teachers are really starting to become more comfortable with how to, how to really engage students for the duration of that 80-minute block. Perfect. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Ah, oh, kind of kind of miss uh, missing out when I was in high school. This is some cool <laughs> stuff. Um, all right. Well, uh, I believe that is time. Uh, really amazing stuff. So if you are a parent listening to this podcast and you have a student in high school, you know how it works. 
Uh, and if you have an up and coming student in the system or you're coming into the town, it's a pretty, pretty cool thing. I've seen some of the flex periods myself in, in action and they're just amazing. Uh, I wanna thank both of you for taking the time out of your incredibly busy day. So thank you so much, uh, Mike Yegid and Eileen Stewart. Uh, you guys are awesome. And I also want to thank our awesome audience for listening to Ridgefield Tiger Talk, the number one podcast in Ridgefield. You go to any podcasting app. You can go to Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Podverse, iTunes, Android, Google, whatever you do. You type in Ridgefield, boom, we're the first one that comes up. So make sure you tell all your friends and family who live in Ridgefield to listen to Ridgefield Tiger Talk, and you're going to know all the cool happenings happening with the Ridgefield Public Schools. All right, everyone, thank you so much. This is Dr. D signing off.